0: welcome back to the evil master plan podcast a show in which you the listener get to hear someone start a tech company from scratch with no idea what they're doing today is september 3rd 2021 and i'm your host martin mumford even though these podcasts are really short it takes me quite a while to produce them, so starting today, I'm going to switch to a a once-a-week format every Friday. These new episodes will combine the update and philosophy talks into one. So, to start, let's review the plan, what I did this week, highlights and lowlights, and my greatest fears. So you'll remember, of course, that the plan is Step 1, Infiltrate 50% of the World's Organizations, Two, build an army of super intelligent robots and three world domination. Overmind is my note taking app I'm making to accomplish step one. So progress, what happened this week? Well, first I added a brand new feature tagging. So now you can tag your notes and find them a lot easier. I also added multi-user support. It's held together by some duct tape and super glue, but it is now possible to use Overmind with multiple people at the same time. I'm testing it out with some users right now. Uh, I also found a pretty unusual way to spread the word about Overmind. At a nearby college, they have a capstone class for computer science students. Basically they allow companies, like mine, to suggest cool project ideas, and the students might work on these projects for some college credit. I submitted two proposals to the college, and we'll see if they get picked. I also did manage to get all of the feedback, suggestions, bugs, and everything I've been getting from all of my users into one big prioritized list, so that has been very helpful. Some highlights, there's still about five or six active users who use Overmind more than once a week. There's lots of excellent feedback from bugs, uh, to the color scheme, to overall usefulness. That's excellent. Still about one new user is signing up every day to the waitlist. So I have a constant stream of test subjects. Some lowlights, though. Last time I mentioned about 20% of the people who visited my site signed up for the waitlist. After that initial rush, that's down to about 8%, which means I need to find a whole lot more people. I also burned a lot of time working on the tags feature, and I'm starting to feel pretty tired from it. I need to balance it out. And so today, after I air this podcast, I'm actually going to go camping. Small tent, nice cool air, probably no cell service. I'm going to take this chance to recharge a bit. As for my greatest fears, one of the founding chaos principles of EMP is calm, that you shouldn't have to be pushing 110% all the time to be successful, and that it's okay to go just a little bit slower, as long as you still make it in the end. Now, I do have the luxury of the money that we saved from my last job, At this point it represents about 18 months of runway maximum that's actually pretty good but there's still a pretty big fear in the back of my mind overmind finally has users we've cleared that first major milestone and that's a huge relief that i have the ability strangely to convince random people to try it out but until i hit the next big milestone getting someone to actually pay for it i'll always have that uncomfortable anxiety lurking away at the back of my mind. And realistically, with that runway, I do have a deadline. If I can't get some meaningful traction by the time we see the edge of the runway, I'll need to go back and get a job again. And to be honest, that's not a bad plan B at all. Programmers are in demand, and there's many good places I could try, but I really want to see if I can get this business off the ground before we hit the end of the runway. So my wife and I are fully committed to one more year from today. We'll see what we can do in 365 days to build a Freedom Engine. The Freedom Engine is just that magical point where Overmind, or perhaps something else I build, can pay all our living expenses month to month. And honestly, that's about $3,000. If we can simply hit that point We will have enough bread to eat, and we can do this forever. If I sell Overmind subscriptions at something like $5 a seat, that's still about 600 paying users to hit that point. Maybe 800 if you factor in taxes and other things. But that's a really tall order. Right now, it's hard for me to even visualize being in that position. That said, two months ago, I had no idea I'd already have 100 people on the wait list things happen really fast, and all it takes is talking to the right person to get to another big step. So my greatest fear is still definitely that I won't quite make it in time. And ironically, my second greatest fear is that it'll take off too quickly, and I won't know how to keep up while staying calm. But no matter what happens next, I'll be fine, and it will be a surprise, certainly, even to me. Now let's talk some philosophy. I've started to use a dumb saying here, that at EMP, it's yesterday's future, today. I like that saying because it reminds me that we've been promised amazing AI for decades. It's kind of the flying cars in popular science long ago. The future of yesterday has always seemed to be just around the corner, but it's never quite arrived. Now don't get me wrong, technology has advanced marvelously in the last 50 years, the world is fundamentally different now, but there are still some old science fiction visions of the future that remain elusive even now. And one of the biggest futures of yesterday was language understanding. Today I'll explain why language is hard, specifically why it's so hard for computers to understand us. I've worked on quite a few natural language processing algorithms at my previous job, and Overmind's cool features are going to depend on understanding language really well in order to help you organize your notes. Plus, step two of the evil master plan is to build an army of super-intelligent robots, so it's a very relevant subject. So why is language hard? There's a lot of reasons, and I'm not a linguist, but let's start with five big ones that stick out to me. Duplicates, anything can mean anything. Expressions, common sense, and general flexibility. I'll explain each one. So duplicates are things like homographs and homophones. Two words that sound or look the same, but they mean different things. Right? You can start building a sandcastle, but also go into a building. A degree could mean temperature or an education. IT could mean information technology, but what if someone's typing in all caps? Or what if people write IT in lowercase and it just looks like the word IT? How is a computer supposed to tell these apart? There are some ways, but it's still a tough problem. The second big one is anything can mean anything. So here's a good example. You and your friend leave the grocery store, but you forgot where you parked your car and you say, where were we again? You're clearly not asking where you were. The we is referring to your car. But how did you know that? There's nothing in the language, in the sentence that you said, that would tell you that. It's all from context. In fact, any word, no matter what it is, could mean anything in the right context. These kind of references, sometimes they're called anaphora or co-references, they're really, really hard for computers to decipher. Another big one is expressions. Figurative, not literal. To cut to the chase, to make ends meet, to keep your fingers crossed. English has hundreds, maybe thousands, of idioms, figures of speech, and metaphors. Once you start looking for them in a conversation you can start finding two to three per minute. English is jam packed with phrases that are supposed to be taken figuratively, not literally. The next is common sense. This one's very hard. Here's a good example. If I say the trophy doesn't fit into the suitcase because it's too large, what does it mean here? Does it's too large refer to the suitcase or the trophy? For us, this is super easy. We know it's probably talking about the trophy because it makes sense. Another example, you know that when you drop something, it's probably gonna fall down, but if an astronaut drops something on the space station, it might fall up or even sideways. There's a whole ocean of common knowledge and common sense that we take for granted every day. We have it built up in our minds and computers are completely missing this context. So it can be very difficult to understand. The last is general flexibility. There's two good examples that I think illustrate just how ridiculously flexible our minds are when it comes to understanding language. I call them the Jabberwocky Experiment and the Caveman Experiment. So Jabberwocky is a poem by Lewis Carroll. It's uh, a poem almost entirely composed of made-up nonsense words, but you can still sort of understand it. The caveman experiment is where you take all of the grammar out, almost entirely, and leave all the important bits, so kind of the opposite. So here's an example of a Jabberwocky sentence. A slithy tove is a region of Wab where Borogov is so brillig that nothing, no manxome or even momrath such as Uffish can outgrave from it. So can you figure out what's going on here? Probably not, because you don't know all the made-up vocabulary, but you can still infer some little details of knowledge from that, even so. There's something called a slithy-tove, whatever that is, and nothing can outgrape it. So, let's turn to the caveman example, the opposite. Black hole is region-spacetime. Gravity very strong. No particle, no radiation, no light escape. This one's a little bit easier. We don't even need much grammar to guess what's going on here. I can remove quite a bit of it, and you can still understand. So for context, here's the original sentence. A black hole is a region of space-time where gravity is so strong that nothing, no particles, or even electromagnetic radiation such as light can escape from it. Our minds are so flexible that even if we get rid of the grammar, sometimes even if we get rid of the very vocabulary itself, we can still start piecing together the puzzle. That's how good we are at understanding messy information. So you can start to see why language is so very difficult for computers to understand, even today. And there's a lot to overcome before we even reach step three of the evil master plan. But even though the challenges are very difficult, I do have a great testing ground to work with. If Overmind is supposed to scan your notes and help you organize them, it's going to have to get just a little bit smarter at some of these problems. Of course, I also want to be scrappy about Overmind. I'm not going to go off into some deep science mode and try to solve all these things with language understanding. That could take an entire lifetime. However, if we can push the boundaries just a little bit at a time, Overmind can help you better automatically. Imagine just dumping all your notes, ideas, questions, to dos, all your thoughts into a giant messy pile. And the bot comes around and cleans it up for you. We'll get there eventually, because at EMP, it's yesterday's future today. As always, if you want to try Overmind out yourself, as it is, just go to overmind.wiki and sign up. You can also skip the waitlist entirely and go straight to the front of the line by emailing martin at evilmasterplan.net. And of course, if you're curious, listen on to find out what comes next in the admittedly ambiguous but absolutely real Evil Master Plan.